0: Go go go! Where are we going? We said this. We said this was going to be a quick one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you were a you're a busy man.
0: Yeah, and someone is uh, remodeling your kitchen, or
1: <laughs> or just <laughs> no, using just, it. <laughs> it's this open floor plan, man. I, we're, we're moving yeah. <laughs> in December. I'm going to have an office with doors, but until then, you know, I work and do everything basically at the dining room table. Yeah, uh, this well, house is feeling designed for work from home. <laughs>
0: so. I know the feeling. We have two rooms, but they're in, there's an hour between. <laughs> there's a a one-bedroom yeah. cabin and a ben- one-bedroom apartment. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it's, yeah, that's that's two rooms. I mean, you wouldn't hear anything from an hour away. Yeah, least, so. like it's not like yeah. we
0: could put our son in one room and go into the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that's
0: that right. would yeah. not be good.
1: Uh, no, no. Well, hats off to you. Yeah, I mean, th- this house has... It's plenty of space for like sleeping, but it's not designed for a covid world where all six people and the dog and the cat and the delivery <laughs> people are all here at the same time. Yeah, day.
0: it's just not. Well, fun. lucky ones who designed their house for that use case or whatever.
1: Yeah, good for them. No, I I think my new mantra is that the size of a house has a lot more to do with sound than yeah. it has to do with like physical space. Like you give me a house where Sound doesn't travel room to room, and it's going to feel gigantic, regardless of, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> of the rest. You know. So, um, but anyway, no, it's fine. Let's let's go go go. So,
0: yeah, let's do it. I actually have a few notes in my Notion document that I have been mm. collecting over the past week.
1: Cool. That sounds good. Maybe I'll um, load an air so, table while you do that.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So the first thing I kind of want to share. I thought it was a, a bit funny and maybe just, I don't know, something that was worth sharing. Um, but I, I talked about my Q4 plan last, uh, last week, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and the objective was to, uh, find a traction channel that can get us to 100 customers with proven product market fit. Um, yeah. and I sent that plan to my investors and advisors. Um, and it, Split the waters. I don't know if that's a saying in English. (laughs) Mm. Like uh, that works. Moses parting the red sea. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, (laughs) one response was love the goal. (laughs) Can't wait to see how it goes. (laughs) And another one was that's unrealistic. Okay, just, and then a third just, a third one was more concerned like are you sure that's a good idea for a goal like are you stretching yourself mm-hmm. a little thin there mm-hmm. um it's just funny like how people see things differently <laughs> and it, it's it, like it makes is. me wonder like what they're actually replying to like you know they're i mean they're viewing it through their own lens right
1: yeah it, it's a bit of a I always say like a, a litmus test. A lot of people say that, but like a Rorschach test as well. Like, what do you see when you read this? Yeah. What comes to mind? And it's more like a, it's more revealing about what's going on inside their head.
0: Especially yeah. Especially
1: if they don't ask questions like, yeah, you know, that, that means that basically they're filling in a lot of blanks with assumptions. Uh, potentially.
0: Well, it was a, tr- a little bit of a trick objective. So like, I guess mm. my way out, if I need it, later on i'll leave this door open um the objective is find a traction channel that can get us to 100 customers so you know if you if you if you nitpick the objective is to find that traction channel in q4 but not necessarily to get the 100 customers in q4 okay that. yeah <laughs> that's that's my cop out right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well designed. for my
0: investor update for december <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so, what does that mean? Of course, no
0: one is listening here, except probably yeah. all half of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what does that mean? Unpack that for me.
0: Well, to me, like the interesting part is not how fast I necessarily get the hundred customers. Hmm. Um, the the hard part is finding. Well, the experiment is to find that traction channel and to understand that traction channel. So, like a certain traction channel in my head will have like there'll be basically you could draw a a chart that shows you know how many users you get and the slope of that chart it is an interesting variable um and basically what determines when you get those customers so that's all like part of evaluating that traction channel i guess Mm. but the interesting part is you know finding the channel and making sure it has the right slope and like you know Mm. if 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 I'm reaching this goal, like I'll have something that looks like exponential growth, at least for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, with that kind of growth, like it's like maybe I don't reach, like maybe I'm at 80 customers in December, and then in end of January I'm at like 250, like because that's how incre- exper- uh, exponential growth works. Sorry. <laughs> sure. I just ate half a chicken really fast so I can barely talk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I got it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I guess the point with that objective is, like, if I can find, like, a traction channel that can, like, you know, pretty soon, like, get us to 100 customers, like, we're growing pretty fast at that point. And then, you know, if it's December uh, or if it's February, like, it doesn't really matter that much
1: right and right i don't know if that's what you asked <laughs> yeah no that that is the idea is like um to the extent that people maybe interpret that a certain way you know what what is your what, what does you actually mean
0: because know? i think like when, if you read that and in your mind the goal is okay by this date we'll have 100 customers like maybe like you're fixated on one point on the chart and yep. Uh, that's not what I'm seeing. Like I'm picturing more like I'm standing at the bottom of the slope and like Mm. looking up and like, you know, you know, it doesn't stop at a hundred customers. Like if it goes from 50 to a hundred in one month, like maybe it'll go from a hundred to 200 in the next month, who knows? Or another 50, like, but it will have like some reach some sort of velocity.
1: Yeah. And, and you're, you're being very deliberate about the method by which you acquire these customers and that matters. I mean that's the real discovery here. It's it's where Yeah, we're uh, testing traction channel, right? That's right. That's right. That's 19 to test if you ask the book. Exactly. So if you come out of this and you know, I mean to use the literal explanation like what is traction? Like you get some grip, right? You get some pull and some uh, you get some progress in a channel, that's ultimately even better. I think the hundred for me, you know, the way I read it is like, that's a carrot or that's, that's a dot on the line so that yeah. you don't under estimate what it needs to do. Like, you know, if you get two or three, that's not, that's not viable, right? You're looking for. No. Or
0: if it's right? like, you get to hundred customers, if you wait for 16 years.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have, I'm sure you could have, you know, rewritten that to be a little bit more slope related than an absolute yeah number. but you know people people well
0: it is primarily aspect. written for me uh, yeah,
1: that's right that's right
0: you know what you but mean. yeah 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 and now i'm on the record here right
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah like so it's um it was just interesting like i like you know it's like if i only had one investor like that would have been more significant like their feedback mm. um but i have more than one so and they had different opinions so it's like okay then i know that there's not one true answer
1: right yeah
0: um, well yeah speaking of OKRs, like i'm really i've really jumped on the okr wagon like i i love okr now it's like how i live my work life <laughs> do, you have an, um, do you have an
1: okr for tobias <laughs>
0: uh work life
1: (laughs) yeah right right well i was just i was just waiting (laughs)
0: yeah um so so as i said last time like i'm about to launch a new podcast that'll basically be one of the traction tests Mm -hmm. Um, we do this quarter and it has a name now it's going to be called billable hours it's going to be a podcast for wordpress agencies and freelance shops Mm -hmm. and um basically the the target customer for branch but it's not just going to be about branch podcast is going to be sponsored by branch. Like every episode is going to have like a, an ad read or something. Um, but the, the content should be like awesome content that is super relevant to someone who has anything to do with a WordPress agency or is a freelancer. Yeah. Um, so the plan, well, what I was going to say is I have an OKR uh, defined for Q4 for testing, podcasting as attraction channel. And, mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, combining OKRs with the Traction book is actually sounds like a super effective way to like, kind of like go through this, these these uh, traction tests like in a super structured manner. Um, because OKR just forces you to like think through like what success looks like. So, that's like a part that they mentioned in the Traction book that you should know what success look like. But they don't really have a framework for that. Um, they just tell you to be aware of it. Um, but I think OKRs are, you know, just great for that. So yeah. it's like if you don't reach any of your key results, like either they were poorly defined or the traction channel was, or the test, you know, the traction test was failed, basically. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So like, I can read my OKR for the testing the podcast here just to kind of like explain yeah, what I mean. Folks I guess an example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the objective is to experiment with podcasting as a profitable traction channel for branch um and you know that's the objective so it's a bit vague it's like just reading the objective you knew you wouldn't know exactly like if you achieved that or not um mm-hmm. so then we have three key results and it's like if I, I like i've decided that if we achieve those key results we have successfully you know we, we've had a successful experiment or well I guess this, the experiment is successful, you know, just that if we try and it doesn't work sure, out. But, sure, sure, you know, right. You know it, you it's, passed. It yeah, it's a good traction channel, right? It lifts yep, yep. up to our hopes for it. So key result number one is to record and release 10 interviews with relevant people in and around the WordPress ecosystem.
1: Okay.
0: And, you know, those are within my control. Like, I can just do that, right? <laughs> so it should be pretty easy to get a, a you know, score on, full points on that one um the next key resource is to get to a thousand subscribers and that's ni- now it starts to relate to if this is a good traction channel or not so basically what i'm saying here is like i don't believe in this traction channel if i don't get a thousand subscribers then it's or at least not close um because it won't be just an, it just won't be enough volume like considering You know, people have to convert from a podcast subscriber to a free user of branch. And then there's another conversion rate which is going from a free user to a paid customer, right? Yeah. So, like, let's say uh, 5% converts and I have 100 subscribers, I get five signups. And then that's not even enough to necessarily get me a paid customer.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. And and those numbers, as we said before, like, those numbers are all so small that... You don't know either. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, am I understanding correctly that, like, the number of subscribers is the target, right? Not necessarily subscriptions to a branch that comes from
0: So, there, that's key result number two is, like, get enough subscribers. Okay. And that's a 1,000. That's the yeah. number I said. And then key result number three is convert 5% of podcast listeners to active branch customers. So, basically, what I'm saying is if I get a 1,000 people subscribed to the podcast, I want fifty customers. And that's high. Like that's really successful Mm -hmm. at that if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um
1: but you'll give yourself partial credit, I would think.
0: Yeah. And it's like these numbers, it's like I'm I'm afraid if like I said 1%, it's like not motivating enough or like but it's a balance because you don't want to put a number that's too high but that's where it where it's at for now it's like but basically i guess the idea is what i'm interested in finding out is how many subscribers can i get and how many of them can i get to become customers because if i have those two numbers it's pretty easily it's pretty easy for me to evaluate podcasting as a traction or you know acquisition channel because i can just i know how much it takes to create a podcast episode and i have those two numbers so i know how much a podcast episode is worth basically
1: right okay um
0: so that's the idea like the numbers aren't super important in my mind like it's more that these are the things that we focus on like if i get 10,000 subscribers and no customers that's not good enough
1: right right and also um, the fact that you have that goal tells you that you need to be proactive about converting these listeners into more than listeners.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, and I need to, so when I, the next part of my OKR planning is the roadmap. So that's where I have actually like all the to-dos. And just as an example, under the third key result, like of converting people, like there is a, a to-do item that's figure out a way to get people to use the podcast tracking link or like like offering like some extra deal or something. Just mm-hmm. because to know this, like I actually need to know if they convert. But it's like once you have those key results, like you can start breaking out all these to do items that you actually need to do to try to yep. achieve that key result.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so um that's that's that, I guess. Um, I'm really excited that we finally like have the branding figured out, and like mm. I have created the podcast in transistor. There is a website. now I'll share the link as soon as uh, Apple has um, has approved it. I already put up a trailer episode um Mm -hmm. but i don't want to share it before people can subscribe basically
1: yeah that makes sense i don't want to save that little pop of interest um exactly cool
0: yeah so okrs are amazing (laughs) one thing i wanted to ask you is like now, like actually now like several people on twitter have already asked if they could come on the podcast um Mm. so i probably like have half of my episodes like filled already with people um unless yeah i think those are like those were good fits like the people that said they wanted to come on um one thing i wondered before i shared this was if i because this is a branded thing like you know it's under the branch brand and i plan on like making money on it <laughs> basically is the idea right yeah. um so like i was wondering like should i compensate people for being guests on the podcast so like in my mind i was thinking like you know, people are taking out an hour of their day and like, you know, there's just preparation and stuff like that. So like, maybe I should send people like an Amazon gift card or something like that. Uh, But then at the same time, like now like people are asking to come on. So like, I don't know if that necessarily is something I need to do or like if they'll even care that much about it. Like, and if it's like a super small amount, like then it's just like, it's kind of almost offensive. But you know, like what's the number? Like, I was just thinking about this.
1: Like, I would love to hear if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I wouldn't think of it as compensation, but just rather a thank you. And yeah, the thank you is the token, you know, gift card or whatever it is, which is which is fine. I think the compensation element, if there is one, is really, hey, while I have you on here, is there any, you know, is there anything you'd like to mention or promote? Yeah, like plug your link or something. Yeah, exactly. It's that promotion, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought
0: in my mind. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's at least for some people
0: that's important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, all the podcasts I've been on, that's usually what feels like the fair compensation is just knowing yeah. that more people are going to hear about you as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I guess I could think about like giving people a gift card for Amazon or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just more trouble. I don't know.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Um, another cool. thing I'm going through this, like I'm trying to be a little fast. <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, good. We had a situation here. Um, I, I'm i feeling some good traction these days, man. And I shared yeah. some charts on Twitter and like people were, I got some likes and a bunch of new followers and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like, you know, it's, you yeah. know, it's good when Christoph Jans likes your tweet, right? <laughs> about your traction.
1: <laughs> you have arrived. That's right. Yes. That's right. I'm still trying to um, get him to like a tweet of, of mine about forecasting. And uh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a tough i have tweeted him about summit (laughs) (laughs) yeah he keeps tweeting all these like spreadsheets and cohort related things and i'm like hello over here so if you're listening (laughs) 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 i really really would like to demo this for you yeah yeah Uh, yeah i I love the way he thinks that's a company i'm trying to be
0: maybe i can intro you i don't know i've actually met him before
1: yeah well i mean as your star rises in europe i'm sure you will eventually i cold
0: pitched him five years ago at a startup event in copenhagen
1: okay well maybe he'll he was be fortunate like, enough to invest yeah send me an line. email
0: and i was like i th- we were like whoa he said we could send him an email like whoa 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 he's gonna fund us and it's like of course never even yeah. replied <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll we'll see if he's lucky enough to invest in your next round
0: yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see Uh he he loves copenhagen because he invested in send C- sendesk which is a copenhagen startup pretty big winner yep <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah so i tweeted like one of the charts i tweeted was basically um our free users and paid users shown in one graph and you know there's this bar chart showing all the free users and it has it's a very like it's linear like it's constant growth of free users Mm -hmm. Um, and it's because we do no marketing right now basically so we have a fixed amount of people coming to the website right now and it's almost the same number every week and it's or month and it's like it's it's random traffic right like it's like you know it's just the people that you'll just naturally see from like being active on twitter and having a podcast and people you know word of mouth whatever right but it's not something we've done anything to necessarily get but it's just traffic we get so there's like a baseline of just natural traffic we get and stuff from Mm -hmm. google right um and that gives us like the same amount of free users basically every month right now, which that number has actually been enough to do the testing that we needed to, like to get to product user fit and, you know, know that we at least feel comfortable that we had sort of the right product and the right people and stuff like that. Right. Then there's a red uh, line chart that shows the paid customers. And up until June this year, they follow each other. Mm. Um, and basically that's what I said on this podcast, like one or two episodes ago, like that's the first year and that got us, um, the first five customers, um, paid customers. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after June, July, which is basically where I think I claimed that now I felt like we had product user fit, the red line just takes off and you know, the numbers is still small, I guess I keep saying here. So Mm -hmm. in those like three so it's not not even been it's about three months probably um we got 10 paid customers um and you know now, now we have people in the pipeline that are about to become customers right and um, mm. so that line will continue um to do what it's doing there but it's just interesting the way it takes off and what i tweeted that got a lot of traction was that before we had product use of it the paid to conversion the it basically we had five customers right and that took 400 free users to get there. Yeah. And then the next 10 customers took like 150 free users.
1: Hmm. So
0: the con- the conversion rate has just skyrocketed right. because it's, people are activating in the product. So it's like the f- free-to-paid conversion rate has gone from like 1.25% to 6.7% or
1: something like that. That's awesome which
0: is pretty wild
1: yeah yeah i mean and it, what's also i wonder you'd have to do more cohort based like definition yeah, here. but it's not sure. necessarily that the product changed substantially or that the new signups are doing something different it could be you've got an incubation well, period on all couldn't you couldn't you possibly have any i, ha- I period, haven't right
0: I feel like recent. I have a pretty good explanation for how this happened. And mm-hmm. it's very much related to all the work we did with the positioning and the April Dunford's. it's obviously awesome mm-hmm. because in the spring, we decided that our positioning was going to be around deployment. And it did okay. take a while before the product started catching up to that. And that mm-hmm. was about summertime. Okay. And that's when it started to click for people. So I okay. think that actually has a lot to do with it. It's, okay it's starting to work the positioning stuff.
1: Okay. Um, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So it's just fascinating. Like when I actually, because this chart, like I can't see this chart in, in metrics or anything because it, it's stuff from my database combined with stuff from Stripe. And, you know, it's just not, I don't have a way to see it together. Um, so I had to plug it into a spreadsheet and draw the the chart myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just so obvious to me, like, whoa, this actually looks pretty good.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it did. It um, did. I mean, that's a that's an awesome. <laughs> that's that's a great chart. Um, yeah, yeah and
0: it's back. like now, like it 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 just happy and it confirms to me <laughs> that it like yeah that it makes sense to to start to grow this thing and like it's the right time that we're starting mm. to work on these traction channels because now we actually have something to try to scale because you know the conversion rate could still be better like there's still a lot of people dropping off um, but it's Mm -hmm. also like it is starting to work um and it's like in my mind actually like the the risk that was like pretty like front of mind like the first year of like can we build a product for these people that they care enough about to pay us 50 bucks a month and like not complain about the price all the time Mm. um that risk is near zero now because it's like out of the customers that we consider our ideal customers that we also have like a bunch of them paying now and that are super happy. Like our partners with the, within the hosting space, like they have, you know, 10,000 of these customers, right. (laughs) That are the same customer profile. Like there's just so many of them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And they're all like, like when I say 10,000, that's like people that I think would be a great fit for our product just right now with what we had, what we have Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, without, like, changing anything. So there's just so much potential.
1: Um, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I not a wanted, lot of product...
1: I, I'm really curious, like, how much product work... And I don't know how to, how you would answer this even, but, like, how... How much this left? How loaded just is your it. product... <laughs> yeah, how, how loaded is your product backlog? Like, how much stuff... Let me put it this way. Like, how much stuff on your product roadmap is just kind of burning to be done but you don't have the reason yeah there's one big thing like- and that's
0: yeah there's one big thing that bjorn is working on now which is basically i don't think i've explained it well in this podcast before but i think actually the way i want to explain it is like mapping branch closer to a hosting platform so it's like trying to make sure that this the stuff in branch maps one-to-one with the stuff in your hosting account okay because as a deployment tool like it just makes sense to you when you use branches. Okay, this is where it connects to my hosting, and this is where it does its thing. Um, okay. And that's still a big project, but that's what Bjorn is working on. And then the rest of the time, it's just tweak, tweak, tweaks, like tweaking the onboarding and stuff like that. So there's not nothing major right now. Um, after that, okay. um, hmm. then the the other big project that on the horizon is our own built system. Um, but I, I want to dedicate another podcast episode to talk about that. Um, and then I wanted to talk about raising money as well, but I think that's going to wait until next week uh, because I've already talked for half an hour almost. Um, cool. but it's something, uh, it's something that actually is on my mind now and that I'll probably want to do like within the next three or four months. Um, Mm. Yeah, but let's talk about that maybe next week or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, so nope. that was my manager update. And I don't have a maker update <laughs> because I, I haven't really made anything except the podcast, which I'll share more about when it's uh, approved.
1: <laughs> you got it. Yeah.
0: Save yeah. That, that buzz. <laughs>
1: Looking forward to that, man, for sure. I think the g- great name too. By the way, I think you uh, yeah you wrestled with it long enough to figure it out.
0: Oh <laughs> that's yeah, that's a whole hey. other story. But yeah, I'm really happy Thank with the so. name. Uh, hat cool. tip to Bjorn. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, you worked at an agency for a long time. Like, what's like a stereotype mm. agency thing? And he's like, well, they want you to have a lot of billable hours for sure. That's clever.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and even if it's like a little tongue in cheek, like that's fine. It just comes across as like you know the industry you know yeah. people it's, it's a bit of a wink yeah, yeah and
0: bell blouse by branch just sounds kind of good
1: it does it does nice <laughs> cool
0: yeah on, so uh i'll i'll hand over the mic
1: mm, man okay um where am i so on august 24th <laughs> august 24th was over a month ago i let out a a rant for help on twitter regarding my staging environment uh situation it was a really bad friday <laughs> And uh. I was uh, miserable and looking to commiserate about the difficulties I was having with, you know, pushing code to production that just hadn't been thoroughly vetted in a production setting and hence the need for a staging environment. So mm. fast forward several weeks, I, uh, we got an environment uh, up and running over the weekend um, and uh, in Heroku, uh, which is exciting. And we're yeah. testing now, and I feel like we are going to be able to and, and the, so w- what's going on on that? I mean r- pretty major work on the data ingestion side has a refactoring to make it much more performant um, much much more performance in the backend uh, the code well. or the environment the code uh, which was putting stress in the environment so I was uh, we were uh and still are as of this recording doing a lot of deletion and compl- like wholesale replacement of metrics data when okay. we connect when we update an account right Which okay v- and that was because we anyway in the initial sort of version of summit it wasn't necessary most signups were new signups right so you had to do that anyway and yeah the number of signups total was low And so trying to do something more intelligent where you look and say like, well, do we already have this metric? If so, you know, we don't need to insert it again or add it again. Hmm. It was actually just easier to do a bulk like wholesale replacement. So that has been rebuilt, uh, refactored, and we'll now be doing essentially just the deltas each time we sync with a metrics connection. So we'll only grab the latest and what we need and patch our existing data. Instead yeah, of that sounds modifying. better. Modifying, <laughs> it, it is better, of course, but it just wasn't important. Uh, at the yeah, beginning of course not. It. So yeah, so that's a but that's a massive performance improvement. Um, it's funny how much you can get away with at first, like, yeah, you know, just didn't matter. Uh, but it matters now, and so that's in this um, branch that's on staging, and then, um, I also, as I've said before, have been working with uh Jason, uh, begs on this. Front end work, and I, you know, he basically has taken the monolithic view app uh, that was the result of my rewrite in the spring and has turned mm-hmm. to first, you know, one page apps, uh, multi page is let's put it that way <laughs> an, an app for each. <laughs> and then this refactoring now we have just a lot more individual components. Um, it's not mm-hmm. nearly where it could be, but it's like an 80 20 thing, and it's much, much better than it was. And plus, transitions you know hit escape to close modals just it's just a much smoother ux and ui Um, and so all of that is, is live now in the staging environment um and yeah it's a huge relief to see it there we're almost done we discovered a few things that we need to fix but we're fixing those and i am optimistic that this this new release will be out it will definitely be out this week i had a goal of getting it out this month and uh, that's sort of the sprint if you will <laughs> and if we can get it out by the first uh i will be very happy so that's um that's going that's going and like i good said good stuff optimistic yeah it is good stuff and and we've been we've been blocked on additional projects you know the, the next sprint is effectively blocked on this because it, it's it's <laughs> these are Major, you know, changes and the staging environment being part and parcel with this. This is just a big, big undertaking. Um, but once it's done, we really should see the the velocity increase in October and the ability for others to contribute. And what I also did, we talked about this a little bit last time. Uh, I've I've got Airtable now to the point where I've got. You know, threads of work, sort of themes, strategic themes of work to be done. I've got projects that can be done to support those themes. And I really feel like I'm shifting like OKRs are still important, but I was thinking as you were talking, you know, your Q four is really about go to market. Um, hmm. my Q four is still very much about product. Okay and I, and I think I think that's okay it's just that the product is so big it's so mm. big that it's not it's not done and not that it's ever done but it's it's not at the point where it doesn't feel complete let's put it that way i'd say it feels it feels complete in one sense but i'll just give you a concrete example you know a lot the strongest signal that i've gotten out of all the user feedback is more integrations more integrations And, you know, we we can do those. So, for example, QuickBooks, um, Expenses, Zero, um, Salesforce, Mm. HubSpot, uh, Chargebee, more with Stripe. So there's just a really strong integrations theme. And the nice thing is with the work that uh, Christoph did on the back end for this release, it was very much about taking a pipeline-centric approach to bringing in the data like i said we were just doing this wholesale replacement before the way we structured that project we said you know let's try to come up with more of a pragmatic approach to working with an outsource you know an external data source and you know how sort of just consistent or pattern oriented can we be here in terms of there's an external data source. We want to get data from it. We want to bring it in on a certain frequency. We want it to be fresh. And then we want to do work with that data. Yeah. What's nice about that is that <laughs> I can then take that and say, let's point that same sort of pragmatic approach at Plaid, HubSpot, Salesforce, QuickBooks, Zero. Right. We can sort of just line up the data sources at this point And hopefully, it's not
0: too different. You know, it's not too different from what we're doing with hosts actually Hmm. basically trying to streamline it to the point where someone could add a host without knowing necessarily you know without reinventing the wheel and without knowing too much about the entire app because it's like an isolated part or you know it's yeah it's abstracted it's like there's a way you add host and i think it's kind of like the way you're doing with integrations like you want to have a way that you integrate with summit even if you do it internally like you build out those integrations like it's good Mm -hmm. to think that way like what's the api we want to offer to like integrate
1: yeah it's it's really the genesis or, or like the embryonic form of an integrations team at summit yeah whose job it is just to work with you know charge b is next you know what are what are the things that are available yeah. what do we need where do they go and and there's a lot of it's funny like when people use the product it's really easy for them to say uh ah, quickbooks integration right and like they think that quickbooks is going to somehow feed into this part of the app or this part of the app but it's not you know it's it's not quite that straightforward sometimes because to an extent, QuickBooks, like to use that as an example, is a system of record of your accounting. And QuickBooks is really a, the dust is cleared and, and the books have been settled and closed. What was our actual performance for the month across these budget categories and these, these you know, revenue expenses, et cetera? Very little of that is actually the input to a model, Right. The input to the model yeah. is your marketing leads, your traffic, your opportunities, your pipeline, um, maybe the cash you have on hand, like a lot, which which would be in QuickBooks potentially with like obviously cash, but like a lot of that stuff right. is not necessarily input to Summit. What it is, it's actually calibration of the model, and it's sort of um, what's the word I am looking for. It's a it's something you can compare against and say, we said we were going to do this was our forecast, this was our actuals. That's a different okay. part that's a different part of the product than the onboarding inputs like hey let's let's plug external sources into your model right yeah quickbooks has expenses which is nice because it'll fill out that expense item but there's no there's no revenue insights in quickbooks for summit
0: no right that's interesting (laughs) it's your yeah check Check against
1: yeah, it's check reality. against it's per- check against reality exactly. It's it's the it's the final word on your performance, but it's yeah. not the inputs to your machine, or your engine. And so, anyway, I bring that up as like an example of as Summit develops its own understanding of itself and these data sources. Like these mappings are going to become more clear, and we'll be able to look at it at an integration opportunity like. Say QuickBooks or Chargebee or Stripe, and say, yeah, these three, these three uh, streams, these go to this part of Summit App. These three go here, and this one we actually don't have a use for it. But you know, you can visualize it maybe or something like that. And like that level of understanding that mapping is sort of what we've been working on for the last couple months. And now it's like yeah. cool. You know, we just did some heavy lifting. Let's see if we can just repeat what we did across these X, you know, these other uh, two, three, four, five. And, and I think that'll never end. And, um, you know, one long tail example of that is Zapier. So I do have a Zapier integration that is 90% done. It's in testing. Zapier really makes you th- go through a lot to, to go live with a, with an integration, which yeah. I think is great, but it's not done yeah. yet. Um, so that's, that's just a big body of work on the maker side. And I, I'd say nice. Yeah. And as a maker, my role has mostly been QA and QC, and yeah. checking, and I've really been more of a manager on that on that effort. Yeah. Bringing all that's how other. I feel. Yeah, yeah. And and now as I look at the next round of work, I think my role is mostly what are we going to attack next? Designing it, and then it's really going to come down to resources. Like if I have the money think I would prefer to hire others to do the front end development and back end development and and be the designer and the project manager um but it's really going to come down to resources of like how far up the stack can I place myself because you know I've got others to to contribute and I I'll go back to something I said a few episodes ago with the work that's been done it's actually I it um it's now just a little bit harder for me to contribute because it's not optimized for Matt's brain, right? <laughs> it's, it's optimized for- Oh man, for, I know the feeling. Right? It's it's optimized for like- I'm starting to get nervous 25 here. 25 brains, you know, or 10 brains, yeah. um, which is better. Yeah. But like if I it's look good at the front end code now- And it's now, better. Yeah. If I look at the front end code now, like there's this bug right now in staging and I want to fix it so we can get this release done- and I looked at it, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know the file to go to. I know where this is happening, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that. I am I think I can do this. But then I reach out to Jason. And I'm like, hey, if I don't figure this out, like, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look. And, like, there's a little bit of a <laughs> of a boat race now in terms of, like, he could probably <laughs> fix it in 15 minutes. And it might take me 30 minutes to an hour, you know? And it's like, yeah. hmm you know what's going on here but like i'm excited about that because i know that i'm gonna be able to find you know hopefully a whole lot more folks like him (laughs) and that's yeah that's um and i mean like his skill set and like that's actually a good thing for the company but at the same time it's a little nerve-wracking because i go hmm you know i i don't understand the entire code base quite as well as i used to um and that's okay yeah that's great it's (laughs) it's
0: a little anxiety-provoking but it is great
1: yeah it is it's very liberating and and again if the resources allow um and i would say like if i look at my prioritization activation and engagement are still my north star metrics not monetization so the other thing in the back of my mind is you know here i am talking about resources and the runway is getting a little shorter um but but I'm not willing to bud. I'm not I'm not willing to budge off of that North Star metric of engagement and acquisition over or activation over over monetization. I I think that's the right order. So yeah, a little bit of a um, staring contest maybe or a uh, a game of chicken here. But wait, with, with the runway.
0: Wait, I thought. I uh, sorry, I might have misunderstood this, but I thought when you had investors you could you couldn't hold on to your principles right like you would have to give in like i'm sure your investors are beating you up with a stick right now telling that you have to monetize this thing like why i don't i'm i'm not sure i
1: understand like can you help me understand yeah that's pretty funny good leading question um <laughs> some some investors, uh, you know, uh, would certainly have different priorities than than I do at this moment. Other ones are you know 110 percent aligned, and so I I just disagree with that whole line of thinking that you have to let go of your principles once you take investment. I mean, well, if you take investments and you investment and
0: you give more than 50 percent of your company, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and I think if you're also if you're not confident in what you're if you're not confident in your priorities and you know you're stressed out by your lack of that lack of confidence and i think it becomes more of a thing but for me i mean maybe i'll say something really controversial before i before i step off the platform here but um please it could be that investors are often the scapegoats for poor founder decisions
0: (laughs) oh man i okay so we mentioned (laughs) michael seibel did i open the last podcast i'll uh, mention him again so he was yeah. on the Saster podcast, well, or, or a talk of his was broadcasted on the on the Saster podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so good, like so many nuggets in there, but one of them was basically that found, one of the ways that founders fail is that they think their investors know better than them because they have had a successful startup before. Mm-hmm. And they think that like by getting like a skilled investor, like you can just basically do what they tell you to and then you'll succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not necessarily the case because you should have pretty strong, you know, you should have a pretty strong instinct yourself about what you think is the right thing to do. And you should also be pretty passionate about your own startup and probably, you know, have your own vision.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, th- there's definitely feedback that I've gotten that, you know, I could go after an enterprise segment right now with the product that I have today. and yeah just try to win some massive deals but yeah I, I, I think that would be a mistake like i think what i'm doing now in terms of help you know helping people get away from google sheets and excel and get onto summit and activate and engage and realize that it's a it's a design tool for them to design their business yeah. it's like that's the winning to me that's the long-term winning approach and it's yeah. true like in the short term if if, if um they if don't hit the revenue goals that i have and or i spend more money than than i have to to get that growing then i might run out of money but at the same time i'm not showing sure this you know this this thing is fine i've got runway a yeah. personal runway and i'm not going to i'm not willing to sacrifice the long-term vision for short-term term you, survival gains at the moment maybe
0: you want to ro- roll out that runway a little bit longer
1: yeah, and I, can, you. yeah and, and I can do you know i I can find a way to do that. What's funny is that the way to prioritize, I think, is to find the riskiest things and do those things first. And what's the biggest risk that I'm managing towards right now? You okay, could argue Yeah, that's that a nice way to think about it. You could argue that it's runway and therefore I should be worried mm-hmm. about revenue. But the well, biggest risk for the business at at the at the level of is this company gonna reach its full potential, like this product, is in my mind Is the product engaging enough for people to come back to it on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, right? And if that risk isn't mitigated, I could go sell a lot of subscriptions on purpose and people will just churn and the company will, will plateau and fail. And so it's not that I'm not wanting to monetize, but if I think about what's the most valuable thing I can be doing, it's removing the risk of churn. Like proactively by having the product be valuable and sticky, as they say. Let That's, me
0: quote so, Michael Saiple one more time.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: Product market fit is really hard to get. Monetization is easy once you have product market fit.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. And, and frankly, if the engagement is there, the product as it's designed today, the pricing model that I have today, Will monetize people who are engaging regularly with this product and using it the way? Yeah, it's built in. That I envision it's it's already there, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, if if people aren't converting, it's because they're not adding more events and copying their model to do all these things. Which, so then it's great. It's like, hey, I actually think if they do those things, that's going to be great for their business. Like they're going to get a lot more value out of it. So what do I need to focus on? It's not convincing them to buy early or convincing them to buy even though they don't see the value. It's delivering the value and then the monetization will follow, right? And I, that's, I'm very comfortable with that long-term and I, you know, I realize that I'm taking risks in the short term, but I'm comfortable with that, you know, um, I'm a lot more comfortable with that than flipping the script and, you know, trying to focus on monetization um, because frankly, focus on monetization without that solid engagement and operational adoption I don't even really know what that means that kind of means like just (laughs) trying to find ways to charge people uh sort of independent of of value (laughs) like what what that doesn't make any sense to me but maybe yeah yeah so that's nice that's that's my approach now it's going with me right now That
0: sounds principled
1: yeah yeah how about that (laughs) try trying to be and i I mean don't take me wrong i've got a ton to learn but i am staying the course maybe i'll put it that way nice yeah thanks so sweet shall we let you get um, back to your duties
0: yes let's do it actually i kind of i want to plug uh, our friend derek from our mastermind mm, and his yeah. uh, product savical that he's he's he just launched yeah uh because i got an email notification while we were recording um and I feel like it deserves some on air time, even though I think literally everything, list- everyone listening here probably listened to this podcast as well. But I <laughs> sent out two SavvyCal links today, and cool. both those people cool. said really nice things about it. And awesome. it's just, you know, it's supposed to be like an invisible tool kind of thing. Like you, mm. it's just calendar scheduling, but it's like it's so good that people are actually like, you know, noticing that you're using it, and you get credit like when you're i just booked a meeting with a vp at a hosting company mm-hmm. and um, she was like saying thank you for making that so easy and hmm. she it's just nice like it makes me
1: it makes me look better to her yeah. right it's um, amazing so that been able to take a product whose typical job is to do no harm like don't yeah, mess this up and, and, make, and make it, it enjoyable be, exactly like adding <laughs> and not only for me like
0: for my in like the people I interact with, like that's really good.
1: Yeah. 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 So shout out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
0: it's open. Everyone can sign up now. It's no, no no private beta. No things, nothing to be worried about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The door is open. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's, it's, it's great. I'm using it and I just got my uh, payment notification today and I'm a happy customer. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So. Awesome. Yeah. Back to the divers
0: and, uh, yeah, talk to you later.
1: All right, sir. Take care. Bye. Bye.